Amen. So we are continuing our uh, series on fruits of the Spirit. How many of you know that is very important? You know, the gifts of the Spirit are very important, but the fruit of the Spirit is very important. You really, if you have one without the other, like say, if you have like a lot of the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, what does it say in Corinthians? It's like a clanging gong or, you know, a loud cymbal. Uh, if you've got the fruit of the Spirit, but you don't have the gifts of the Spirit, then you're missing out on the things that God wants for us. So we want all of it, amen? So we have been going through, we've gone through seven of the nine fruits. If you've missed any of them, it's on our, web, our website, the uh, audio. You can go to Facebook, you can go to YouTube, you can catch up on it, because we need all of them, amen? Everybody say, I need all of them. I need all of them. <laughs> I need all of them. So before we get into the scripture today, uh, I want to look at a verse specifically out of Philippians that we're going to really be talking about a lot today. I believe it's a challenging verse. It's also very countercultural. How many of you know the Bible is not just to be read and memorized? We got to actually live it out. If, if you don't live it out, you basically miss the whole point. So let's be honest. If you looked in your bulletin, you saw what, ver- what are we talking about? What fruit? See, you guys look at that. You probably think, ah, that's not going to be challenging. What a piece of cake. Be gentle, right? You might have even thought, as a matter of fact, I'm going to skip that fruit because that's for other people, not me. Because I like to stand up for myself. I'm strong, you know. I'm tough. I'm a survivor. How many of you guys are survivors, right? (laughs) And uh, uh, if I'm gentle with people, then other people will take advantage of you. Isn't that kind of the thought that a lot of people have? But the problem with that, it kind of flies in the face of this command of this verse that we want to talk about out of Philippians, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes we get into God's Word, it's easy to kind of read past things like this, isn't it? You just kind of read it and you go on. Uh, But again, if you're actually interested in being a doer of the Word and not just a listener, how many of you, we want to be a doer of the Word? What does it say in James 1.22? Don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself. Now, I've been fooled by other people. Anybody else? And, and I, you know, you kind of deal with it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you got me. The worst thing is when you fool yourself. I don't want to fool myself. I don't want to be just a listener of God's Word. I want to apply it. So when I read verses like this out of Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be evident to all, there's questions that come to my mind. Like, what is gentleness? What does that even mean? What is, what is evident gentleness? It's got to be evident to everybody. Uh, what does it mean to, for all? Who is, who is included in all? And what in the world does the fact that the Lord is near have to do with gentleness? How do I, how do I apply out of this? So these are kind of questions that go in my mind. And uh, like I said, we've been covering these nine fruits. So I just want to back up before I get into Philippians 4 or 5. And look at Galatians 5, 22. This is the fruit of the Spirit. I hope you guys have this memorized. If you don't, work on it, right? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Against these, there are no laws. So as a follower of Christ, and I am reiterating, if you've been hearing me, all of these fruits are supposed to be evident in my life. Amen? All of them. It's not an optional list. Uh, sometimes as believers, you may not have thought exactly, but it's like, you know what? Yeah, I have this fruit, but I don't have that fruit. Right? <laughs> I'm good in this one, but I don't have to. As long as I excel in a few of them, like that patience fruit, 
man, I'm not really interested in that. That's impossible, right? Because what do we hear people say all the time? Don't pray for? Right, right. Uh, you better pray for patience. If you haven't heard it, go back to my patience message on that. What about faithfulness? People are like, nah, that's not really me. I'm always kind of late to things. People can't really rely on me. So faithfulness, that's not really my fruit. Or that self-control, you know what? I got a bit of a temper, so that one's not. That one's out, right? So we start checking them off, and we're like, all right, well, my fruit's going to be, I'll, I'll have the joy, the peace, the kindness, and the goodness with an occasional dash of love, right? But only those that, for the people I like, right? So that's kind of the approach that some people have. We see this list. It's a little intimidating, isn't it? I mean, think about that. I'm supposed to have love all the time, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of it. How many of you know that's impossible by yourself? Without Christ, how are you going to be able to do that? And, and sometimes we think, oh, you know what? I've got a few of these uh, fruit, and I'm kind of proud of my four fruits that I have. How many of you know the only problem with that is everybody else in your life sees the five fruits you don't have? <laughs> Isn't that right? It's like, man, I got this one, I got that. Uh, and, and the reality is when we don't have some of these fruits, we discredit our testimony, and we really call our faith into question. It's not an oversimplification to say the reason many people may not be in church and stay away from Jesus is because of fruitless Christians. I know, ow, everybody say ow. I, I love this quote. I mean, I, I can't, okay, let me back up. I don't love it. It's kind of sad, but it's a reality. Gandhi had made this statement. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. And if you read his, his story, as a young kid, he went to school in South Africa uh, and was treated very badly by Christians. That, and, and so he had no desire. It's like, well, you know, I like the idea of your Christ, but I'm not really experiencing it. So today we're coming to a more challenging, it really is a challenging fruit, gentleness. You may think it's easy, but I want to tell you by the end of this summer, and you're like, why did I come to this today, right? So let me give you a dictionary definition gentleness kindly not severe rough or violent amiable moderate mild so that's the dictionary but how many of you know sometimes uh, we don't always have english words that really describe a biblical word exactly we kind of get close to it as we can uh the english word might include graciousness and uh, i just want to read what i have a humble a humble graciousness that produces the patience to endure injustice, disgrace, and mistreatment without retaliation, bitterness, or vengeance. Right? How am I going to experience? Gentleness is not just how we view injustice or, or hardship. Gentleness is on display when how we treat one another. How do I treat other people? So if you combine graciousness and consider it, you kind of get a little bit closer to that word Paul is using. Uh, it's the opposite of arrogant, abusive, and self-assertive. It really is. Gentleness includes others' focus, not self-centeredness. How many of you realize that someone who is selfish cannot handle unfair treatment? Right? How many of you know? Any, well, I, I did this in the first service. I'm going to do it here too. How many of you have ever been treated unfairly? Let's see some hands. Come on, I should see everybody's hand, right? Because there is this phrase that we say, especially as kids, that's not because they were treated unfairly and as a good parent what is our natural response life isn't fair 
right? I, I know we hate that, but I mean, that's just a reality. Life is not fair. And if you don't have this fruit of gentleness, then you will not be able to handle it when that unfair treatment comes. You can't tolerate injustice or humiliation. The reaction is usually intense, it's angry, and sometimes violent. A person with the fruit of gentleness reacts differently. They're calm. They have a humble spirit. So putting all of that together and trying to match the words that Paul used, because we don't actually have an actual English equivalent, here's a working definition. You can write this in your notes. Gracious, considerate, humble, calm, and others-focused. Others-focused. So that is why... I chose a banana to represent this fruit today. So before, so we're going to do something a little different here. You're going to like, what, I came to church for this? So Pastor Colleen has got a, a couple of bananas, and we're going to do a race between this side and this side. What you're going to do, all you got to do is take the banana that she's handed, hand it to the person next to you. When you get to the end of your aisle, you got to hand it across the aisle, and then that person has to hand it up and then hand it. Well, don't start yet. We have, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Whoever finishes. And then you've got to hand it back across the aisle. So no handing it forward unless, anyway, go back and forth. So as it, when we get to the end, keep going. Keep going. Whoever gets to the first, I'm going to declare you the winner. <laughs> as it's going, how many of you know if you're pretty rough with this thing, and we have done this numerous times. Did you guys finish first? Yes, they're slow over here. <laughs> you guys were being gentle with it. All right, throw it up here. Nice catch, right? Okay, I've, as I'm feeling the firmness of this banana, this one's a little more soft right here. I think my son squeezed it a little bit. So we have done this in like kids ministry where you have a whole line of kids and it's a relay and it goes along. Usually about halfway through it's nothing but mush left, right? Because how many of you know with a banana you got to be gentle? That's the whole thing about patience. With people, we've got to learn to be gentle. So I hope when you think of banana, it's like, oh man, I got when you're in the grocery store and somebody's like in your way and you look out of the corner of your eye and you see a banana, it's like, oh yeah, I need to be gentle. I can't go off on somebody. I've got to be gentle. This one really is soft and kind of gross probably <laughs> underneath. I didn't even have my banana up there. So I've had all these fruits, and, and I'm just going to say, why do I have a strawberry up here? Because how many of you know gentleness needs love? When we went over love, strawberry represented love. Really, if you're going to be gentle, if you don't have love, if you don't have that first fruit, how many of you know all the rest of them are hard? They're very difficult, so we have to have all of them. So I got me, uh, my wife, I don't really, anybody like these drinks? Oh man, some of you guys like it. <laughs> Come up here, Christian. I'm not a big fan of them. This is a strawberry banana. That's the best one right there. Here's, here's you the lid too. So take a nice big drink of that. Is that good? You came up there, <laughs> he's posing for it. Thank you so much. You can have, no, that's yours now. That is yours, so have that gentleness. Now listen, it doesn't really seem hard, right? When I go back to this, this definition, I can be gracious, I can be considerate, I can be humble, calm, 
I can be others focused. But how many of you realize the opposite of that is harsh and judgmental? Isn't it? How many of you know, nobody in here, I know this because I know you guys, but how many of you know other people that are harsh and judgmental? All right, it's always those other people, right? Hard, and and it's, it's with their words, right? Some of you guys are laughing, right? Uh, with your words, with your actions, the way we treat other people, we can be very harsh and judgmental. We can be critical. We can be quick to become angry because of somebody else. Uh, we get very, you know, people that are uh, harsh and judgmental, they're very opinionated about those kind of people, right? Oh, I know those kind of people. Oh, you're one of those people. I know people just like you. And what happens is they tend to put people in broad categories instead of seeing them as a unique individual. We can't put people in categories. If you do that, guess what? That's a red flashing light that maybe you got a judgmental spirit there. And we don't like to think of ourselves that way, but the reality is that gentleness is not judgmental. It really isn't. Too many people are quick to judge while at the same time, guess what? We want mercy for ourselves. Oh, that person is, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't Jesus say, do not judge and you will not be judged? Right? Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be what? Forgiven. I like how the message version says it. It says, don't pick on people. Jump on their failures criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment, right? It's like, oh, I don't know about that. Don't condemn those who are down. That harshness can boomerang. Be easy on people, and you'll find life a lot easier. uh, Give away your life, and you'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. How many of you know that's the law of the harvest? Right? And it doesn't just mean uh, your money. It's not just reaping and sowing your money. It applies to being how we treat other people. If I'm gentle with other people, how many of you know people are going to be gentle back? If I'm harsh with other people, it's going to be coming back. So we need to make it our goal to treat other people the way we want God to treat us. Amen? That's how we want it. And not just with our words. How many of you know your tone makes a big difference? Am I right? Like it's like, you know, when you tell your kids, you need to apologize to your brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just not feeling that, right? I don't, I, I don't feel like you really mean that. Or <laughs> tell them that you love them. I love you, All right? So our tone really does make a difference. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. So <laughs> our tone really makes a difference. And when somebody messes up, if they say something offensive to us, we sometimes get Uh, angry quickly people will cut off relationships and they'll assume the motive was to cause them damage and harm right that's when you don't have that but guess what when we may say something hurtful or misunderstood then we like to break out the excuses right like oh you know i didn't mean to say that it was a mistake you know give me a you know my heart you know my heart right you understand that see gentleness this is what gentleness does It gives the same benefit of the doubt to others that you want people to give to you, right? Gentleness always assumes the best. It always assumes that the other person's motives were actually right. They weren't really trying to hurt my feelings. Like when they said, oh, you got a haircut, that doesn't mean that they're saying your hair is ugly, right? That doesn't mean they're making a hard... We assume, okay, they didn't mean to. Maybe they made an honest mistake. I'm going to forgive them even if they don't ask. 
I'm going to forgive them. And instead of getting mad, offended, and cutting off a relationship, we make a decision, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And can I just say, Pastor Colleen and I, we have been uh, pastors since 1993, and you're like, whoa, you don't look that old. Uh, but So 29 years, 7 years as associate pastors, 22 years as lead pastors, and can I just say, because some of you will be able to identify how many people have left churches that, they've been a, that we've been a part of because somebody said something and they got offended. And this is a cycle that we have seen repeated for over three decades where uh, somebody, they get offended, they go somewhere else, and then uh, they get offended at that place, they go to another place, they get offended eventually to where they're not going anywhere. Isn't that true? How many of you have seen that happen? It's like, oh, yeah, I tried that place. And, you know, eventually you run out of churches, right? And if, we're, if we walk with that without gentleness, we never learn how to respond to other people. And, and let me just say, this is huge in a church setting. If we're going to have healthy re- relationships, you know, someone may say, well, that Pastor Timothy, I told him about this song, and he just said, nope, not going to do it. Now, he didn't even listen to me. Why didn't Pastor Scott do it this way? Why did he go doing it that way? Listen, if you're not gentle... Even other people's response is going to make you angry. If you're not. So when we give other people the benefit of the doubt, because what happens is when we don't do it, it begins to drive a wedge in people's relationships. And how many of you know it usually doesn't stay there, it spreads to other people. So when we begin to give people the benefit of the doubt, then uh, we, we kind of put an end to the enemy's tactic. So when you do that, so your first reaction should be when you feel like that's like, oh, you know what, Pastor Timothy didn't really mean that. Well, maybe he's not going to sing that song, but <laughs> he didn't mean to offend me, or, or that's not a usual thing. We've got to actually make a decision to quit assuming the worst of people. Amen? We've got to make a decision to be gentle, to give others that same benefit of the doubt that we want them to give us, to actually assume the best of other people. Well, that's a novel idea, right? What? I can do that? I can assume people are trying to do the right thing. People have the right motive. Wow. And you may say, Pastor Scott, if I live my life like that, if I assume that people are doing right, then they're going to end up manipulating me. They're going to end up using me. Can I just say this? I would rather be judged as gentle and manipulated than become judged as being cynical, suspicious, and judgmental of other people. How many of you know that's a bad place to get into? Oh, yeah, that person this. Oh, that person that. You start seeing everywhere. How many of you know it's God's responsibility to tell if somebody's telling the truth? It's not yours. You don't have to worry about it. Whether they're telling the truth, my responsibility is for my attitude and my action. Amen? How I respond. God, I believe that God honors our spirit if we walk with humility and gentleness. God will, God will take care of wrong-hearted people. Guess what? You don't have to. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to do that. So uh, that leads me to number two. Gentleness is being God-controlled instead of others-controlled. Right? I allow God to control me. I want to be, be controlled by the Spirit. How about, how about you? I want the Holy Spirit to lie. I don't want to be controlled by other people. And, and we've all heard this, probably even said this. Uh, we've heard people do something. We're like, oh, man, they really make me angry. All right, anybody ever been made angry by somebody else? I right, see a few hands there. They make me mad. They offended me. Can I tell you, that's not true. 
Absolutely. Nobody can make me mad. It is. It's a choice for us to get mad. It really is. It's our choice to get offended. If something happens, I want to tell you, every day in life you can be offended. Am I right? Every situation, oh man, I'm offended here, I'm offended there. Isn't that kind of where our culture is right now? Everybody's offended at everybody, and it's like somewhere we've got to thicken up a skin a little bit and say, you know what, I'm not going to get offended. Okay, make fun of my generation, make fun of this, make fun of that. I don't really care because I'm not going to get offended over it. I'm not going to take that bait and get offended. I'm not going to be controlled by somebody else that, that gets upset at me. Gentleness is being submitted to God instead of allowing other people's words, actions, whatever to control me. A gentle person chooses their attitude, chooses their reaction based on pleasing God rather than our reaction to other people. Does that make sense? We can do that. How many of you know we can actually do this? That's something you can do. But I will say this. I'm going to be honest with you. The next part is kind of challenging to me because when people are critical and cruel, maybe if they criticize my wife or myself or my kids, uh, how many of you know my natural reaction is to prove them wrong? Anybody else feel that? Like the, to, I mean, I, God has uh, allowed me with a quick wit, and the enemy has used that to be a sharp tongue at times. Anybody else have that? I, I had the ability growing up, I could put somebody down really quick with my tongue. Bad things would come out. And listen, so when somebody's that way, my flesh does not want to be gentle with them. Right? I want to win. I want to get victory. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you what. I want to prove you wrong. But then I come back to the scripture that says, let your gentleness be evident to all. So am I going to let my flesh win? Am I going to be controlled by other people or am I going to do what the scripture says and God, okay, I'm going to be gentle. And I think sometimes we mistakenly think gentleness means you're weak. Oh, you're just gentle. You're weak, you know. I want to tell you, all of the gifts or fruits of the spirit, none of them indicate weakness. None of them indicate weakness. Gentleness is not about how weak or strong you are. It's about how you deal with other people's mistakes, failures, and weaknesses. How do I deal with it? I think most of the time Paul's talking about gentleness. It's in the context of how you treat other people that are actually less than you, maybe weaker than you, in a lower position than you. How am I going to treat them? Gentleness is most evident in how we treat other people. And I think the best picture of that is how you hold, how we hold babies, right? How many of you know we're very careful? So I started thinking, I'm like, oh man, I want to get a picture of, of a baby. And I found a video when Levi, my, our grandson, was born, Timothy was holding him, and Abby, at 14 months, got to meet him for the first time. So well, let's look at that video. Is there volume? Can we turn it up? Here, start it over again, because you've got to hear the volume in it. Yeah. Turn the volume up on it, and then start it over again. It's worth it. I mean, grandparent, come on, you know how it is, right? Come on, grandparents, I mean, you know, we got to do that. All right. All right, so 
So some, some grandparents pull out pictures, I pull out videos, right? So, uh, but I, I mean, I just thought it was so good. I was just looking for a picture of them holding, and uh, I found the video, and, and Abby at 14 months was like, she's going to smack him, right? And if you saw Timothy's like, like, well, no, gentle, gentle, right? It, it, here's the reality. When we hold babies, we treat them as fragile and breakable, and you hold with caution, careful, loving attention, Right? What we matter, I mean, what we're, we don't think so much about ourselves at that time. If somebody came in to do harm in that room, how many of you know Timothy would probably like, I'm protecting this baby. That's how we do it. We, take, we think more about them. And I believe that's what gentleness is, is gentleness is strength under control. Even though you could hurt somebody, how many of you know we choose not to? We choose not to. We don't judge other people, even if you have grounds for accusation. Oh, man, I got the juice on that person. It's like, no, no, I'm going to be gentle. I choose to exercise strength under control. And here's the reality. If we will choose to hold on to relationships like we hold a baby, how many of you know that's going to make a whole difference in, our, in the kingdom of God? If I begin to realize that everybody is precious, everybody is important, and I want to make sure that, that I protect that. And, and the reality is that's very biblical. Paul paints this same picture out of 1 Thessalonians. He says, we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. He didn't go in there like, hey, you bunch of sinners, what are you bowing down to those idols for? Why are you still doing that? No, and he wasn't doing this either. He wasn't like, hey, you bunch of babies, I guess I got to treat you like a baby. All right, and that's not what he was doing. No, he was gentle like a mother caring for her children. And, that, and then he, you know, he says this in Philippians, let your gentleness be evident to all. He was like, listen, I want to treat every relationship as fragile because if you guys have lived long enough, how many of you know every relationship is fragile? Right? Every, it's like sometimes, oh, yeah, you know what? I can just do whatever I want. And, and again, sometimes with my sharp tongue when I was younger, uh, I, I hurt some relationships because I was, I was literally just joking. But how many of you know when a sharp word comes and the other person says joking, that doesn't still make it better, does it? So thank God I've gotten a little bit wiser over the years. And it's like, no, I've got to treat relationships. That doesn't mean you can't joke with people, but you've got to be wise about it, right? You've can't, you can't, you got to realize that, man, people are precious. And you don't know where people are. Evident means that people should see your gentleness. You shouldn't have to tell people, I'm gentle, right? You shouldn't like, oh, yeah, I'm a gentle person. Your, your actions and your words should show that. People should be able to tell. So that leads me to number four. Gentleness brings peace instead of more trouble, all right? You know what it says in Proverbs 15.1, and I've, you guys have probably found this to be true. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Boy, isn't that truth, right? Uh, let me remind you something. It was three weeks ago since I preached that I said this, but I think it's just as true today as it was then. Uh, in churches, business, and families, how many of you know there's often little fires that go on? And, and let me just say, anybody ever had your feelings hurt in church? Let, let's see some hands. Come on. Let's see. Let's be honest, right? Anybody ever have your uh, uh, feelings hurt and at work? Right? At work, it's happened. What about in your own family? Anybody in your family ever hurt? All right. All of that. It all happens. It just happens. Hurt feelings, anger, bitterness, self-control. And, and if you were here those week, a few weeks ago, I said there's two types of people. There's the ones that like to pour gas on that. Oh, you got a little fire going. Oh, somebody upset you. Well, let me jump in on that. And they pour the fire on it. Next thing you know, it's out of control. Or there's the ones that pour water on it. 
and try to help extinguish that. That's what gentleness is. When somebody, when a little fire is burning, you come in and there's something about a person that has a gentle spirit that knows how to calm a situation down, right? You've experienced that. Maybe you're that person that does that. We've got to begin to be the water or the fire putter outers, not the fire stirrer uppers, right? Because relationships are that important. Uh, let me move on. First Peter 3.13, he says this, Now, uh, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, how many of you know that still happens, right? God will reward you for it, so don't worry. Don't be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of life. And if somebody asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So as we're reading that, even when you're in situations where people are not being very kind, when you're demonstrating gentleness, they may ask you, hey, what's going on in your life? How, how, explain this hope. But look how he tells them. He says, do this in a gentle and respectful way. That is so huge. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. And I just want to say, I'm afraid sometimes we're very quick with the answers, right? Oh, we want to give an answer. We're not always so quick with the answers to have gentleness and respect. <clears throat> let, me, let me just give an example that uh, a few years ago when businesses stopped saying Merry Christmas and they started saying Happy Holidays, how many of you guys remember that? And there was like all over, oh, the war on Christmas that was going on. And I'm going to tell you, I witnessed some Christians that would be in a business and they would say happy holidays. And the person, um, you know, the Christian says, Merry Christmas. In anger, right? How many of you know that does not share the love of Christ there? Like, thank you for spreading that Christmas joy right there. All right? If I respond with, uh, out of anger, Merry Christmas back at them, uh, there is no gentleness or respect there. Because maybe that per employee was told that's what they have to say, right? That's your job. You better say that. Listen, that doesn't mean they're the antichrist if they say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, right? We've got to do it. it, it too often, our defense of Jesus becomes offensive. Am I right? Too often, we stand up for Jesus but even as we stand there, we leave behind his gentle spirit. Oh, I'm standing up for the Lord, right? I'm speaking for Jesus, but we don't speak as Jesus. We don't have that same attitude. Uh, we feel like we need to defend Jesus, but how many of you know Jesus never defended himself? He never defended himself. There, yes, I'll agree. There should be something that's upsetting in us when we see scriptural principles being violated. Things, there are things in this world that happen that should make us mad. I mean, just look at the things that are voting initiatives in our state. There's some things that should make you mad. But listen, when you jump to Jesus' defense without being guided by gentleness and, and respect, then guess what? We sound a whole lot more like school kids on a playground arguing than we do a mature follower of Christ. And I want to say that when people talk about Freedom Church, I hope they say, wow, those are some gentle people there. There are some gentle people there, even when they have disagreements, right? Even when things that, that, that aren't going right, they really reflect the, uh, the, the heart of Christ. And I know, you know, El Dorado County, if people say, you know what, I don't know much about that church, but I can tell you they are gentle. Amen? Let your gentleness be evident to all. So you may say, well, what about sin? 
Don't we say things about sin? Aren't we supposed to be strict with sin? Uh, what about when those church people do something wrong or somebody's unfaithful to their spouse or, or somebody relapses in an addiction? Aren't we supposed to deal with that? Are we? Any, any idea? Yes, I'm glad you asked. We are. Look what it says in Galatians. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should what? Gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same sin. Yes, so we are to gently, humbly help them back. And listen, again, I completely understand. Because sometimes when you see somebody going back into a lifestyle that's not good, isn't the tendency to go up and just want to shake them? Like, hey, wake up. Come on, come to your senses. Don't you look what you, look what you did in your life before. That's our, <laughs> that's our natural reaction. Uh, our senior pastor that we were under when we were in Colorado Springs, he said, I mean, he was, getting, he was really frustrated at one point with someone. And he goes, man, he goes, I just wish people were like nails. I could hammer them in the place and they won't move. <laughs> right? Doesn't work like that, does it? No. We've got to be gentle. We've got to uh, uh, realize this is number five here, that gentleness focuses on restoration, not punishment. Right? When people are, are in a bad place, we've got to say, hey, listen, I want to restore you back. I want to help you back. Listen, I believe that God still has a plan for your life. I and I believe in you. Not like, man, you blew it. You know what? <clears throat> One too many times, God may not take you back this time. That may have been it. No, we don't, want to, we don't want to add punishment to the thing. We want to gently restore people back to where God wants them. That's what he's called us to do. Choose to be considerate and gracious, calm. Focus on what they need, not on uh, uh, whatever your frustration is. So uh, now here's where it really gets difficult. So back to the verse. Let your gentleness be evident to who? All. all. <laughs> what in the world? All. I mean, we, we understand all. I don't have to get into the Greek word on all. <laughs> we understand that. But I still feel like I need to say this. That's the people that you like and the people that rub you the wrong way. All right? That's the givers and the takers. That includes all the people who do right and those that don't do the right thing, right? That includes people that you go to the restaurant and they get your order wrong. I asked for it medium well and it came back burnt, right? It means uh, the mechanic that didn't fix your car exactly right. It means the person, and yes, if you've been following me, I'm throwing this in here, but the person that cuts you off in traffic. I think I've managed to work traffic into every one of these. Uh, but I will say, as a testimony, when we went up to our daughter's wedding up in northern part of Washington, uh, we drove through Portland and Seattle twice, going up there, coming back, over 2,600 miles that we traveled, all of that heavy traffic. Uh, if you followed us, we had a major oil leak. Oil was all over our van. God provided, got that fixed, and... Uh, almost sideswiped, cut off, stuck in heavy traffic, all of that. And I can honestly say that I never lost it with anybody. Amen. Amen. I just like, woo, and I take that as a win. I'm not saying that in boasting. I'm just realizing I've been preaching on the fruit of the Spirit, so I better well live it, right? I better make sure that I don't. So, so listen, you can do it. When we say all, oh, that does include the people that aren't like you. That includes the people that have hurt you. That includes the people that, and I'm going to duck for this one, that disagree with you politically. 
Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, now you're stepping over the line, Pastor Scott. That includes people whose sin you really despise. How many of you know there's some people that, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, they, they got a little issue there. But there's some sin that really kind of gets on your nerve, right? But that includes them. That includes people that frustrate you, people that repeatedly fail over and over again. Yes, all literally does mean all, right? They're all supposed to see and experience our evident gentleness, right? It's supposed to be evident to all. And then, how many of you realize, as we're talking about this, this easy fruit of gentleness isn't so easy, is it? It's like, oh man, to be gentle to all means that I've got to have a real deep heart change. Because let's be honest, we can all fake it for a little bit. All right, I'll be gentle with them, you know I'll be gentle with him, but you know what? Eventually, I can't handle it anymore, right? <laughs> I've had all I can take, right? So, <laughs> I'm not going to eat it, so don't worry. That gentleness, if the Holy Spirit is not present in your life, there is no way that you're going to consistently be gentle. You just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm telling you, I can't do it. I need the Holy Spirit working in my life. And I think that's one of the reasons that the verse included the Lord is near. What in the world are we talking about? The fact that Jesus is present and active, helping me to be gentle. Helping me to do that. As my relationship, and I have just found this to be true, with him grows, gentleness is a natural result. Just like you plant that apple tree, it's going to bear apples. A mature follower of Jesus will produce gentleness. Anybody, you've noticed in your life, the longer you've served God, the more gentle you've become. I hope so. You don't have to raise your hand on that because if you haven't, uh, it's going to start growing, right? But Jesus is near. And, and, and the fact that he's near should make us gentle. How many of you know the way we treat other people? It's not done in a vacuum. How many of you know God sees it? Someday we're going to have to give an account. Listen, I, I'm, I'm on a pastor's page with the other Assembly of God pastors, and I saw this post last week, so I thought I would share it with you because it cracked me up. And this is the Assembly of God lead. He says, I was just driving down the freeway when one of my members drove by me, not recognizing me, and then proceeded to cut me off while flipping me off. <laughs> then he says, this Sunday is going to be fun explaining how I saw them this week. <laughs> How many of you know God knows how to get us, right? God, and I, <laughs> this other guy put a comment. I blacked out their names. He goes, last year I was about to take an exit when someone passed me on the right, cutting me off. I honked. Then I realized the hat and car combo is one of my members. That stuff will get you every time. Like I said, one day we're going to have to give an answer for how we treat other people. Don't think, oh man, I'm away from church. I mean, we've been away, a long distance away, and have ran into people that we know. Like, oh, nobody knows us here. We'll just be rude and cut everybody. No, we didn't do that. But I'm just saying, you never know where God's going to put somebody. And you're like, oh, see? The Lord knows. And, and, and listen, when we begin to demonstrate gentleness, God sees that, and other people see that, and they begin to sense the presence of God. How many of you encounter gentle people, and you begin to sense the presence of the Lord? You can know somebody is a believer when you have that gentle encounter and you're like, oh man, you must be a Christian, right? They don't even have to, they don't even have, to have a Christian t-shirt, right? They don't even have to have a Freedom Church t-shirt to know that. And so here's the, here's the fill-in. I can be gentle because the Lord is near. Because the Lord is near. And listen, I, I, I want to kind of wrap this up because this is why it matters. 
you don't have to make everything right. How many of you know you are not the world's police? You're not the sin police. You, everything in life doesn't have to be fair. You don't have to get the appropriate recognition for whatever it is that you do. Uh, you don't have to fight for your rights. I know our world says that. Fight for your right, right? Because here's the reality. One day, very soon, everything is going to be made right. Amen. Amen? Everything is. You don't have to fix people. Isn't that a revelation in life? I don't have to fix everybody, right? I don't have to fight every injustice that comes along because the Lord is near and He will handle it. He is near. I can stand strong. You can persevere because Jesus is coming soon. How many of you believe that? He is coming soon. He's near. So I don't have to try to fix the world. I need to simply make sure that I'm a reflection of Him. I need to make sure that that love is present in my life that I have joy, that I have peace, that I have patience. When you have that fruit, let me tell you, you are an attractive person. People want to be around you when you have that. So the best way to be gentle is simply spend more time in the presence of gentle Jesus. Have you ever noticed when you're around angry people, you can become angry? When you get around complaining people, guess what? The next thing you know, you start to complain. But I want to tell you, the more that you're in the presence of the Lord the more of his gentle spirit begins to pour out into our life. The more we treat that way. We forget about ourselves and we let's start focusing on him. I love that song, So Forget About Yourself, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I think the natural reaction should be when you come out of the presence with God is more gentle, more softness, more tenderness to other people. In his presence, we can let all that other stuff go. Isn't that true? We can just let it go. We can just rely on him because he makes us more gentle. So that's really my my prayer for us as we're going through this. Next week, we're wrapping up this fruit, but I hope that you don't wrap it up here. We've got to make sure that it grows in our lives. Like I said, if you've missed any of them, I encourage you to go back because I believe, especially as the time, as he is near, the time is wrapping up. We better make sure that we got all that fruit in our life. If you've been praying for people to come to know Christ and you know you've been missing some of those fruits, it's time to say, God, help me to grow in that. Stop making an excuse. Oh, I don't want patience. I don't want patience. No, stop making an excuse and say, God, I need all of it flowing in my life. Amen? Amen. Can I have everybody stand and uh, we can have some of our prayer team. We've got a couple of couples up here. So if you guys could come up. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, I just want to encourage you to come up. But as we kind of sing this song, and I have no idea what he's going to sing, but uh, let's just spend a couple of minutes in his presence before we dismiss. And as we, after we do dismiss, just so you know, we do have bananas for everyone, not like this. And there's also some banana muffins that my wife made yesterday. They're really good. So uh, let's just take a moment in his presence.